Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. SLC, I love you guys. We've been out here for um, a year. We made it a year. And I just want to declare, the joke is on you because y'all thought that we weren't going to make it. You're stuck with us. You're stuck with the (laughs) Huseros. Take it. No, we love our life out here. We love each of you guys. You are such a gift to us. Um, This church is incredible. There is no other place that just so loves uh, the Holy Spirit, loves people, and values uh, family. Family is so important. I've seen, there are so many people that have um, abandoned their family for the sake of ministry or what they think the idea of ministry is to go preach, but then we leave our family behind. And that's not this house, and I am so incredibly grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, So if you've been around, we've been in our Holy Spirit series. We've had some incredible messages. We, uh, off the back of Awaken Conference, we learned what do we do with revival. We got, uh, we learned about baptism of the Holy Spirit and the redemption of language. And then we learned from Pastor Rosanna, incredible message on how to hear from God, that God wants to speak to all of us, that we have access. That's what the veil being torn means, that we have access to the King of Kings to the Lord of Lords, that he wants to hear from you. And then last week, we learned uh, about processing pain with Pastor Shelley and how to step into our promise. And I just felt like the only, the, the next thing, I mean, it just kind of made sense. It wasn't my planning, but I felt like God put it on my heart. He wants to launch us out with our prophetic voices. Um, so that's what we're doing today. I literally asked the Lord, what do you want me to say? And this was his response verbatim, okay? Are you ready? I want mouthpieces. I want mouths that speak of the Prince of Peace. I want people who will speak the truth of me and my love to a hurting, dying world. I want my harvest of sons and daughters, and I need mouthpieces who will rise and speak. Thank you, Lord. So I think it's funny that uh, he gave me that message, and it's me, because, um, and that I have the mic. It's funny. You guys might not get it, but I have often in my past been told that I was a shy person. I was very quiet. I would hide behind my mom. I was that, I was that girl. And thank God we are not our labels. We are not what the world says about us. We are not even what like we think about us. God's like, I already wrote the script. It's not what you say, it's what I say. So here, so there's there's a microphone in my hands, and I'm like. Okay, what are we doing with this? But um, it, I did think of this story, and I'm going to kind of share a little story with you. And it might sound silly, but it was like a big thing for me, okay? So just, just bear with me. Um, when I first went to high school, I came from a small Christian private elementary of like less than 50 kids. Went to a public high school, new, shiny, like hundreds of people. And I vividly remember walking up to the lines on the first day to get my class schedule. And this towering individual is like the person that I'm supposed to go up to. And he's standing there and he's like, oh my gosh, are you scared? And and I, I was like, like, I must have had fear 
all over my face. I was so scared. I was so scared that I didn't even talk my entire freshman year of high school. People thought I did not talk. I have it written in my yearbook from comments like, oh my gosh, you talk, you know? Yes, I do. And I, I, quiet in the peanut gallery. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I do talk, and I, um, but at this point in time, it was, you know, no, game over, no talking. I don't want people to know me, see me. I am not putting myself out there. This is dangerous. And um, I remember biology class with Miss Kim, who was a notoriously gnarly teacher. Like, there's no way anybody's getting an A. Everybody's scared of her. That's that, this kind of teacher. And uh, she wanted us to do some kind of a lab assignment. You know, we have to write lab reports. And none of us in this class knew what we were being asked to do. What are the expectations? How do we do this? Everybody's like, shot in the dark. Okay, let's go, whatever. And I do my project and somehow miraculously by the hand of Jesus and angels, I get like 100% on this project. And um, that sounds great, right? No, it was not good. Because what did she do? She, she like, and Jenny got 100% and you guys all could have done better. So she starts berating the whole class. So already I feel rejection just by way of being in high school, but now I feel like I'm like there's a target on my back and she wants me to stand up and like read my report in front of everybody to show them. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> and like, if you're Scott, my husband, and you have a healthy self-esteem, you know, <laughs> it'd be fine. It'd be totally good. But it was not good for me. I was so embarrassed. I was dying inside. I was like, you know the saying, like, this is my nightmare. Like that was, this is my nightmare. And um, it was so bad that a friend actually got up and like read my report for me. So I know, I just share that to say, I know you're like, what does this have to do with anything? But like my entire life, that's just one story, you guys, of like 37 years of my entire life of struggling with being, like speaking. So here we are. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I love this church, yes. So, so public speaking is, is a big fear for a lot of people. Like, have you guys heard this? That most people, like their greatest fear is public speaking. Like it's akin to dying. Like it's death, you know? Like I, I feel that. And I, I wanted to like pause on that for a second and like zoom out from a kingdom perspective. And if public speaking is such a thing to be fearful around, why is that? Could it be that our words carry so much more weight than we give them credit for? The enemy has an agenda to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can stop your words, he can stop your power, he can diminish your influence, he can steal your life's legacy. He can erase you. And we say, no. Cancel that in Jesus' name. So what I say, anywhere where you feel fear, fear is a liar. Fear will rob you. Fear is actually a roadblock meant that the enemy uses to put in your road to separate you from the promise on the other side. So that's why I was saying, Pastor Matt, wherever you feel fear, you guys, run at it and see what's on the other side. So we have all power and authority through Jesus. Amen. Amen. And
And his word is what teaches us about the enemy like this. It teaches us that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But it teaches us that if we submit to the Lord, resist the devil, he will flee from us. Right? And what I love is just a thought that I want to put forward to you guys. It's something that I've heard again and again from Pastor Jurgen, and I absolutely love it, is that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Our words are powerful. And to show you God's word, Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So his word has a 100% success rate. It can't be wrong because then he would be a liar and God is not a man that he should lie. So therefore, it always prospers, right? So getting that, I want to kind of connect that to us growing into our prophetic gifting. Did you know that we are called to be a prophetic people? So Numbers 11:29, Moses is having this conversation with Joshua and he just kind of out loud just declares something that I think is kind of like a prayer. And he's like, oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. The crazy thing is the Lord did put his spirit on everyone at the day of Pentecost, right? So Joel 2.28 prophesied it and then in Acts it came to pass. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So it's actually the pouring out has happened, but we need to step into the prophetic. We actually have to rise up and step into our voices. So where do we start? Okay, where do we start? I'll get to my title. I'll get there. This is a relational journey, right? You can't just hear a teaching and then like check box, I've done my Christian duty, but I'm absent of relationship with God. That's called religion, and that's actually what we're in the valley to tear down. So... Everything is done with relationship. There's no, there's no microwave thing here. And kind of when I talk about prophesying, I am talking about a lifetime of walking with the Lord. So I don't want to overwhelm you with that. But I hear what we're all thinking is like, okay, well, we are called to prophesy. We are called to be a prophetic people. But where do I start? How can I start with this? Because it is something for everyone. It is something for every believer. And I'm going to tell you what... I thought was the best starting point. Are you ready? Okay. Start speaking his word and he'll give you words to speak. Okay. Let me say it another way. Start speaking his written word and he'll give you revelation words to speak. So the key to multiplication with anything in the kingdom, it's actually a principle, is, is faithfulness, is stewardship. It's what we do with what we are given. It's actually so much less about gifting, okay? It's so much more about stewardship. Prophecy is accessible to all. Paul said we should pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy. Why? Because it builds the church. When you prophesy and you bring comfort and strength and encouragement and exhortation to a person, that person is actually the definition of the church. You are building people, therefore you are building the church. So it's one of the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's important to him. And I know I still haven't said my message title yet, but I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll get there. Just hang in there. Okay. 
we have to begin to value what is important to the Lord, right? Okay, so when we love someone, we value what they value. When, we, uh, when I got married to Scott, I did not know the Michigan Wolverines from any other team in the entire universe. And I didn't even know college football was a thing. And then wow. didn't care, didn't care, didn't care, Rich Bogle, I did not care. <laughs> but after getting married to him, I think he's cute in his Michigan paraphernalia. And I have, I have absolutely no problem walking down the street, seeing somebody else wearing Michigan clothing and saying, go blue. go blue. It's like a thing. It's like a thing that Michigan people do. I don't understand it, but I value what he values, okay? So to talk on that, words are important to the Lord. That's what he values, okay? And I kind of want to unpackage that as to why, I'm trying to give you a motivation for why we want to step into being prophetic. We want to value what, God's val- what God places value on. And God's words are valuable to him. He used his words for creation. Let there be light. Let, there, let us make man in our image. We actually exist in the very framework of God's words. Um, words are powerful. And if we are created in the image and likeness of God and his words can create universes, then what can our words do, right? There's also the principle of sowing and reaping in the kingdom that also applies to every area of life. So if that applies to our words, every word that we sow will reap a harvest. And Matthew actually talks about that on judgment day, we will have to give an account for every empty or idle word that we speak. He places such a value on what we say, what comes out of our mouth. And then also words are for expression, right? When, when you wanna know what somebody's thinking, you like, tell me what you're thinking. Like, <laughs> you know, so. That's the written word. The written word actually is the expression of the Father. And when you look up John Day, when you look up the Greek, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one that everybody's already been taught, so it's not fancy, but logos, okay? Logos is the word in Greek. That actually means divine expression, divine expression. So if you think about everything that God has said, it's his divine expression, okay? It's what, it's what is near and dear to his heart. And what is actually written in the word, what we don't realize is that the Bible is actually a giant book of prophecy declaring that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, right? Jesus is near and dear to God's heart. It's a giant book of prophecy. Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is actually the spirit of prophecy. That's Jesus's testimony. Okay, so I know you're like, where are we going with this? Where are we going? Okay, John 1, 1. I'm gonna read it to you. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, here's the kicker. Are you ready? Jesus is the word. Stamp it in your brain. Revelation 19, 13 says, speaking of Jesus, he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. So let me connect all the dots I'm trying. The word of God is not just something we read. It is someone. It is the person of Jesus. His words are eternal. They are eternal. They will live forever. Psalm 119 
89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. To all generations. Okay, so mark my word, it will come to pass, because if you speak the word of God, you are actually speaking Jesus into whatever you are speaking to. Okay, which brings me to my message title, Mark Your Words. Okay, mark your words with Jesus. I know, Scott's always like, he's like, everybody has to look back at the title. Oh my goodness, so good. <laughs> good job, team. Okay, I know, don't look back at the title. I know, I am, I am an amateur. okay guys this is we're good this is how we roll <laughs> so every word we speak is a seed that will yield a harvest yes we've established that therefore it follows that we actually have to train our tongues to choose to speak life ouch I don't know about you that does not get me excited <laughs> um, I think I yelled at my kids today I probably I don't know just words, you know, they just go when you don't want them to. But we can't tame our tongue in our own strength, right? James 3.8 says, no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And the prophet Isaiah actually said, he was like, woe is me, I'm ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. I think Isaiah was probably a prophet who swore like a sailor, to be honest. We don't know, but maybe. Um... <laughs> And the Bible also says, every tree is known by its fruit, right? Out of the overflow, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your language will locate you. When I hear somebody that is full of complaint or full of absolutes in the negative, like they always, and they, nah, nah. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a victim mentality right there. Um, so I, when I say this, I am speaking to myself and I'll explain why. Because if we're going to prophesy and we're going to declare words and out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks, then uh, how can I, like I'm not perfect, I don't want to speak. This is where my voice starts to get stolen from me because I know what's in my heart, okay? I know there's pride, insecurity, selfishness, jealousy, issues. I know that that stuff's there and I've been trying to wrestle that down. But in the meantime, if I wait until I am perfect in the Lord, I will be dead and I will not prophesy to anybody. James 3.12, a spring can't send both fresh water and bitter water, right? So how can the divine expression of our heavenly father flow through my broken humanity? We live in this tension um, of being like these imperfect vessels who are trying to be a good representation of a perfect father. And it's really ridiculously hard. And God, God's like, he's all good with it. But meanwhile, we're like, yeah, but I'm still down here and I'm working this out, God. Like, <laughs> like I, don't, I, kinda, I need your help. <laughs> so what do we do? We have to put his words in our mouth. That is the simple answer and solution. Put his words in your mouth. Why? Because as you speak, not only are you declaring Jesus into a situation, you're speaking God. You're literally speaking spirit into something. It's like you're sending that word off like a soldier to go accomplish something. It also is the word of God that cleanses and heals, and it's actually the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life that flows through us, and it satisfies our very spirit. Wow. So we become more Christ-like when we open our mouth. 
So we have to dig really deep wells in the word of God. I feel like this, my message today is just very simple, but I was trying to kind of think of different ways to say it. So if it's convoluted, I'm sorry, but just pretend it's like really artsy, okay? Like dig deep wells, dig deep wells. Did you know that the deepest dug wells actually yield the cleanest, purest, most beautiful, tasty spring water, okay? You didn't know that, Scotty. I'm a water connoisseur. You're over there drinking Coke and Pepsi and, yeah. (laughs) So we have to dig deep wells. Yeah, back it up. (laughs) If we want to grow this prophetic, um, I don't even want to say gift so much as like, it's like an inheritance that God has prepared for us. If we want to grow this prophetic inheritance and become a prophetic people, we've got to dig these deep wells because we can actually only prophesy and declare God into the earth to the extent that we actually know God. (laughs) So to prophesy without relationship is actually spiritual manipulation. And that is not the kind of church that we are. We carry God in our hearts. So what is the point? We want our words to be marked. We want to speak Jesus. So we are going to mark our words with the word of God. We've got to know the word so that when we speak the words, they are marked by the one who is the word. Are you tracking with me? Because that's kind of a lot. So what do we do? We get these promises from God when we're walking through life. We get these promises out of the word and we shoot them out like arrows. We shoot them into the situation because like I said before, when you do that, you are not just declaring words off into, it's not a sound. I mean, it is a sound, but it's not just like, yay, I heard the word, moving on. It's actually like the spirit of God is going to work in that. He is partnering with your faith. And so I wanted to insert a little caveat here. Someone once said that, um, sadly, um, in this world, more people will be uh, the receivers of prophetic words than speakers. And I said, cancel that, not in my church. In my church, we've got an entire generation of prophetic people rising to speak the word of God. So... I did want to give you a little tool, though. When you receive a prophetic word, so many people are like, what do I do with it? So many people are like, yay, I feel good. I was seen, which is good. That is good. You are seen. But there is, if you leave it at that, it's like leaving your dagger on the table and then trying to go fight a battle. Then there's the other camp that receives a prophetic word Like, say, for example, like, I see pastor's heart on you, and I see a preacher. And and so what do they do? They go, and they go sign up online on some website to get ordained as a pastor, and then they go, and they, like, totally abandon their church, and they go out, and they're like, I'm going to save the nations. Well, you just left the house of which God was going to work out the process in, and that's not good. (laughs) So, So there's two camps. There's two camps of things that we kind of will naturally gravitate toward when we receive a prophetic word, but I want to give you a little bit of an in-between of what God wants to do. And this isn't the only way you can war with your words, but I feel like we need a tool, right? And that tool is 
When somebody says something to you, you sit down, and you're going to get real practical here for a second. You pull out the identity statements. What did God say you are? Who did God say you are? John Day, you are a Joshua, right? You declare, I am a Joshua. You, ca- you, you capture all these and you make an I am statement. Then when, the, when like, life gets hard and you forget, you, know, you feel like you've got nothing, you pull out your I am statements and you declare, well, God says, I am this. God says, I am this. I am a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God. I am a voice to the nations. I am a worship leader with the power of heaven behind me, whatever it is. Then another little tidbit, you capture all of the promises in that word. Whether they are absolute, like, like, you know, God promises to, like, big promises, or whether they are very personal promises, you capture those promises and you turn them into a thanksgiving prayer. Thank you, God, for what you declared you're going to do. I received a word from Mike Maiden, and here's the crazy thing is, he did not know that I have prayed endlessly day after day for my family to be saved, for every single one of them to come out in Jesus' name. And he sat here and he said, he said, I see your family, and I declare they're all coming out in Jesus' name. So you know what that actually did for me? That actually was a moment of peace and deliverance where something that I've warred for, now God said it's happening. So now I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that every single one of them is going to be saved. Thank you, God, that you have them in your hand. I can release them to you now. Thank you, God, that you have answered in Jesus' name. So those are some tidbits for you on what do you do with your prophetic words. And in my last couple minutes, I wanted to camp on why I think words are just amazing, okay? Just, we're going to geek out here for a second. Are you ready? Because of legacy, <laughs> okay? Everybody say legacy. legacy. Oh, I just like doing that. <laughs> just make you guys all say awesome stuff together. It's fun. When you think about your life in the grand scheme of eternity, And um, you've got to, everybody knows, you can make all the money, build all the things, start all the businesses, and that's awesome, especially if you're doing it for the kingdom of heaven. We know you cannot take it with you when you die, right? And you just have to kind of like hope that what you're leaving behind is going to continue on. If if it's got the same kind of leadership, it will, but if it doesn't, it's it's just going to dwindle, right? And that's, that's all stuff. Stuff does not go with us when we die. But I personally believe that there's actually no greater legacy we can leave with our life than to mark someone else, mark someone's soul with words of Jesus. It's the word mark. It impacts generations. It's the butterfly effect that will continue on and on and on. Words live on in a person's spirit, right? So I have one last story that I wanted to share. When I first met Scott, no, he's not here. I won't bus drive anyway, so it's fine. When I first met Scott... (laughs) we got to go back to Michigan to meet his family and uh, we were first dating and you know it was like okay you're gonna meet the family here we go and I got to meet his dad one time just once and his dad was this incredible jovial larger than life great smile super humorous he was really tall too just fun fun guy and that was all great. The family liked me. I earned my way in, you know. <laughs> and then uh, we came home, and it was a couple months later. We were walking up um, the steps to my house, and he got a phone call. And in that moment, he was told that his father had unexpectedly passed away. And it was just the most shocking news that you could ever get. And, um, and he was young, too. And 
we had to go back to the funeral. It was all these like travel plans and, and we're newly dating. So I totally was not any help in this time. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I felt completely lost, but we went to the funeral and I remember afterward, um, Scott and his brother Albert got up and they spoke at the end, thanked everybody for coming and they shared their heart about their dad. And um, the talk of the entire group of people that was there was, wow, what a legacy Al left in his two boys, Scott and Albert. What a legacy. And I think of that because it actually really marked me in that moment where I was like, this is so like powerful. And now, you know, it's been 15 years, I think. I look at it now and I look at my kids and I think of what a legacy that man loving Jesus has left in my family. And this is someone who I only met one time. And I just wanna declare over the podcast, thank you, dad. Cause I never got to call him dad, you know, but what a legacy because he raised his boys to love Jesus. He set an example in worship. He was called Leapin' Al cause he was like a John Day, you know, he was like this fiery, awesome worship leader. And because of his love for Jesus, my life is changed. Cause Scott actually pulled me up when we first met. Otherwise I would be sitting in the back. I probably would be surfing my brains out and living life with no purpose but now they give me a microphone, so. So I just wanna put it to you that there's, there's no greater legacy that we can leave with our life, nothing greater that we can apply ourselves to than to speak the words of Jesus and that speaking God's word is prophesying. We mark our words with God and that is prophesying. And then I, don't, I can't even get into just when you do that, God goes to war on your behalf. You are going to see change and transformation. Think You don't have to go and storm the castle and walk into a situation in your physical body. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And so our words are powerful. And I actually feel that there's probably a lot of people here where you have felt um, a battle over your voice or a battle over your quiet time or your download time, a battle from connecting with your heavenly father and a battle from stepping into the inheritance that he's given you. If that's you, actually would everybody stand up real quick. But if that's you with, you know, nobody needs to like be looking around, but just put your hand in the air because I wanna pray with everyone over this. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God wants to loose people's voices today. He wants to take you deeper. He wants to launch you into a next level of your faith. As you step out, He has gone before you. The Bible says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of me. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of me. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be dismayed. He is with me. God is with you and God wants you to speak. He wants to hear your voice. There is a symphony happening in the atmosphere and without your voice, it's missing a tune. It's missing a pitch. The body of Christ needs to hear your voice. So right now I would love if you guys would just like take your hand, put it on your heart because it all starts in the heart, right? And you're just gonna declare this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you that I am bold and courageous. Now take your hand, put it over your throat. Heavenly Father, I renounce fear in the name of Jesus. I command you to get off my voice 
and go right now. Now say it again like you really mean it. Good. Thank you, Lord. Now take your hands and I want you to put them on your lips. And like the prophet Isaiah who had coal touched to his lips so that he could prophesy with a purity and a cleanliness in the heart of God, I want you to say, Heavenly Father, thank you that I am your mouthpiece. Thank you that you put your words in my mouth. And I will not hold back. I will take ground in the name of Jesus and I will use my weapons like a war, a weapon of warfare. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm just gonna pray. Father, I thank you right now that your hand is touching each person here. I thank you right now, God, that you are stirring truth in their heart, God, and that there is the, this is not a message of condemnation, but it's actually just a message to go higher, to dig deeper, to, to press into you, to fall more in love with who you are, with your word, that every answer that we need is found in the word of God, that everything that we are facing today, you have a solution for, you have a word for, because your son is the name above every name. And when we speak the word of God, we are speaking Jesus. That song that we say, where we say we speak Jesus, is prophetic because we are speaking Jesus. So I thank you, God, for revelation today that we speak your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. There was one other word I wanted to share before I wrap it up. Kenzie, there you are. Hello, friend. I just saw you coming into this new level as a result of your motherhood, as a result of being a mommy, that even though you're like walking in and it's new and you're like figuring things out, there's actually a power and authority and a mantle that has been placed on you that people will come under and come behind. Just like the word I had for Lauren, that you are somebody who paves the way for people. I see you as a pioneer going forward. And so do not fret or be dismayed. Don't fear the times where you feel like you're alone. Pioneers often feel alone because they're going places that nobody's gone before. And that's who you are, you are a pioneer. And so God, we thank you for Kenzie right now. We thank you, God, for the call of God on her life, that you are gonna continue to uh, wrap your arms of love around her. You're gonna continue to take her deeper. And I just see this time of motherhood is actually a time where you can dive deep into the Lord. Do not fear the things that would press on you from every side. God is your provision in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.